honest cowboys. We are the cowboys. Super coat, super team. Lean, hard, hungry, ugly, and mean. So get down, get down, get down, y'all. Dallas Cowboys. Cowboy football. And we welcome you to another edition of This Is Wrestling It Is. Lieber Sage, alongside Zach Friggin McGibbon. And when I say alongside, I don't really mean it. <laughs> because where I am and where you are, totally different places. Zach, nice to hear your voice again. How are you? Uh, I am uh, fired up for this episode of This Is Wrestling Lee. Not only for all the wrestling things that have been going on, but I am sure, as you are also aware, uh, some of the non-wrestling aspects of what's happened the last couple of days. So uh, I'm fired up to talk uh, all topics uh, for this episode. Well, that's good. I know that one of our most listened to or the most listened to episode we ever did was Life After Things were going on in my life and your life, and we didn't talk wrestling at all. Um, every message I've gotten in the last couple of days want me to talk, but not about wrestling. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so there are a lot of things to discuss. But I'm currently, you're in beautiful Belleville. I'm sure it's just Bell Vegas is lit up in the middle of January. Yeah. Like J- January 16th. Yeah. We got Feel- five centimeters good. of snow today. So uh, looking forward to that. Ottawa got 30. Yeah. So the, the other day or however long ago. I, I don't even know what day it is really. <laughs> um, it was. A, I got to tell you, Zach, like in the Tuscan Hills in Italy, it was a little chilly last night. Again, I had to mm. uh, put on a, uh, a light a jacket sweater. Yeah. Well, I went, I went and bought a turtleneck sweater. That oh. was a little bit more U- European. <laughs> okay. Um, go for the Christian cage. Look, that's, that's, I did you go sleeveless the, uh, sleeves off, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I've actually bought uh, everything I've bought here is like European. You know what I mean? Like I bought probably the most expensive thing that I bought and people will laugh, laugh, laugh because I'm a bit frugal and, um, with my money. I know I, I seem like I'm on this lavish trip, right? Like, mm-hmm. but it's not, it's not quite that way. But when I spend money at home, I spend money on others or things we need or like things, but I don't spend money on like clothes for myself. And so I did buy a jacket that was like 90 euro, whatever that is, 130 Canadian or one of the most expensive pieces of clothing I've bought for myself. I I can't even remember, but I just, I loved this jacket. I loved it, loved it, loved it. Kind of the long, a little bit, I want to say like, it's like the dressy sort of European coat, Mm -hmm. warm, but the collar up, like goes all the way down. Anyway, I, and I bought a scarf with it. And now the other day, you know, just hanging out in a mall in Rome, I uh, ended up buying a pair of dress shoes, really nice dress shoes for uh, about 29 Canadian, 20 Euro. Mm-hmm. 
I bought two turtleneck sweaters, very European, 10 euro each. It was at a great store. Um, that's about 16 bucks a pop. And then I bought myself a pair of slippers for $10 Canadian. And you know what? I looked pretty European last night. <laughs> we went out. Jacket, scarf, turtleneck, new dress shoes. Very nice. Pretty good. Mm. But very, it was a little chilly in the Tuscan Hills mm. last night. Uh, now in Tuscany, but the last, since we have last talked, uh, there's been a couple of things that have happened. You 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 uh, uh, indicated some of those to me in our chat. I'm very I'm very much interested in that. So I I know you're fired up, and I want to hear you fired up because when you get fired up about football, I've been there before. Um, CFL, NFL, you get fired up. I do. Um, I might cut a promo I'm, on a on a uh, bar goer in the middle of uh, Carlton Place. Yeah, that's how fired up exactly. I get. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, and so. <laughs> I'll try and at least add a little levity or, well, it's levity now, Yeah, but it, it, it was not levity when on the ferry from, when you're traveling from Sicily, which is an island that's in the boot of Italy, like the very bottom, mm-hmm. and you have to get back over to the mainland, it is a quick by the time you get on and leave and get off, it's probably about 20 minutes uh, ferry to get back to the mainland with the car. And most people, you know, it's one of those, you get out of the car, you go upstairs to the main deck, there's a cafe, and then maybe you get a little espresso shot, a cappuccino, you go to the bathroom, you go back to your car, you're there. Like, it's not that long. Well... Zach, um, after getting off of the ferry and driving about 40 kilometers and getting off on a turn to go to a little town way up in the mountain to see where my family was from in like the late 1800s, stop for gas. I don't have my pouch. Uh Uh-oh. And my pouch, Zach, has my passport, my wallet, with credit card, money, has my international driver's license, has another pocket, like I keep money separate from my wallet in case something happens. So there's another pouch with some money in it. Mm -hmm. None, None of it do I have. What I do have is a cell phone and my car keys and a heart rate going a million miles an hour. Um, (laughs) Not from the espresso, not from the espresso. So in that situation, it's like, what do you do? Well, normally people would just call. Well, not a lot of English going on in the boot of Sicily and especially trying with my cell phone, you get an eSIM over here. So to transfer your phone from the eSIM to a daily roaming thing, say from Bell or from whatever provider you have, mm-hmm. um, 
is about $16 a day to do that. But obviously, if I can try and call, it's going to be worth it. But now I'm panicked and I feel like the only way to go back about this is to go back to the ferry and hope. Because I don't know that I've left this on the ferry. I know I had it on the ferry. Mm. And I know I didn't have it now. So, I mean, it was one of those 99 percenters that it's on the ferry. But I didn't know that. And I also didn't know, oh, I know I took off my pouch and went to the bathroom and left it in the bathroom. Or (laughs) I paid for a cappuccino and left it at the cafe. I don't know this because I don't remember doing anything with this pouch. It's strapped to me all the time. Except now. So I drive, I would hear, I would say here speed limits are a little bit lenient. Um, It's 130 kilometers speed limit on the highway. Instead of 100 or 110, like it is at home, it's 130 here. At 130, often people are blowing by you on the left side. Um, So I took advantage of that. But to tell you the truth, I was in just this frantic, frantic state. I've lost, I don't have anything, Zach. Like, I don't have my wallet, like, passport. I, I have nothing. And the second that I, you know what I mean? Like I, I don't, I wouldn't even know what the next move would be. And so going back there and I'm in a frantic state and I'm trying to talk and getting on the ferry is like a three-step process down there. Very busy, lots of cars, very like you got to buy your ticket and then you got to go in and someone scans your ticket like a kilometer down and then you got to get in line and then you got to talk to the next. So trying to communicate with somebody that could call someone. And by the way, there are different ferries that go by different companies. So you sort of get stuck with the one that's there for you at the time, Mm -hmm. but there are two or three different, it's not the same company that just goes back and forth all the time. So trying to find even somebody that could call this particular ferry to find out if somebody has found something on this ferry is very, very difficult. The first two people, not helpful at all. Didn't speak, didn't speak English and didn't want to help me. Um, and the panic really starts to set in after that. Um, very gratefully, uh, one person closer, like kind of more at the port, understood English a little bit, got on the phone. I am freaking out. And he calls me back over and he's like, he goes, thumbs up. And I'm like, thumbs up what? Like, (laughs) thumbs up that you found it? Thumbs up that... Anyway. (laughs) He says, the captain of the ship has it. Oh, that's good. (laughs) Somehow, some way, I was in the car, took the pouch off, while I was in the car, but then got back out of the car to either put something in the trunk. So you're sitting on the deck waiting to leave. Mm -hmm. And I guess it fell out of the side of the car. Either as I got back in the car, 
or when I first got out of the car and I didn't see it when I got back in. But either way, it was sitting on the deck. Uh, the sitting on the deck and somebody found it. One of the people working there found it. We were the last car in, which I think helped that like nobody ran over it. Yeah. Not, there weren't a lot of other people to see it except for staff who worked there. But Zach, two or three hours of my life that I would, I never went through or like others didn't go through. Mm -hmm. Obviously you put a lot of stress on other people when you're in that state. So I'm not sure Zach between that story. So all is good now uh, found passport money. Well, like wallet, credit card, everything in there. Biggest sigh of relief ever. Almost like heart palpitations, all that stuff. Um, I wish I got that worked up a couple nights later. <laughs> and I was worked up. But pretty soon, it wasn't like three hours of, oh, my God, it was what? I don't know. It was about an hour before you realize the Cowboys are not winning. Yeah. And they're not going to win. And no matter how long I hang on to watch the rest of this, this team is not coming back and got absolutely stomped into the ground by the Green Bay Packers. I, I, I am, I'm not over it yet. I'm still sort of like, okay, I had that horrific thing happen, but I, it all was good. Now on a trip, I'm at a beach hotel. I'm going to Tuscany. I'm really angry, but I'm going to try and let it go. And I haven't really let myself go back to that. I, I'm very fortunate where you're on a trip like this. You're, you're not like, as soon as I stopped watching, I haven't read, looked up. I haven't other than, you know, the odd. And I say the odd because my regular texts don't work. Uh-huh. And you have to go through a different, I mean, tell people what you have to go through. You have to go through a different application in order to reach me. People like you in good standing, you know this, you know what application, but others don't. Yes. And I'm really, really glad because I still got inundated by those who did know, but not everybody knew. Um, those are the only things I've had to deal with. I haven't looked up, read, researched, nothing. I'm still disgusted. I'm still not over it. But I'm excited to hear your take on the Dallas Cowboys not even being competitive in their playoff game as the number two seed against the number seven seed Green Bay Packers. Yeah, this was a game that I was confident enough in that I thought, you know what? Dallas is at home. They won the division. They had a good game against Washington. They're coming in with some momentum. And this defense for Green Bay, don't let anybody tell you otherwise, is not a great defense, especially with Joe Barry as the defensive coordinator. So I was going in with the, I, 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 the thoughts of the Green Bay Packer games back in 2014 when Dez caught the ball and 2016 when Aaron Rodgers threw a dime to the sideline uh, and the Packers won off the field goal. 
are still in the back of my head. I'm like, you know what? This is a new, this is a new Packers squad. This is a young squad. They made it in. Jordan Love, he looked really good the last couple of games, but this is this is where the reality check comes in. And uh, as you mentioned, really from the first drive, you just knew that something was off. As soon as that first penalty came in against the Cowboys after they sacked Jordan Love and then uh, the most penalized team in the NFL, the Dallas Cowboys just came through. Oh, did, did they go offside again? Oh, right. Because their defense goes offside maybe three or four times a game. And I only say that because I was with your father watching a game, yeah. a game in which they won which I said before the game, I will guarantee you or bet anybody this team will go offside on defense three times in this game. Will <laughs> yes. you take the bet? And the other people were like, yeah, they've done that before, but they're not going offside three times tonight. They went off th- offside three times in the first half and I won the bet. <laughs> like, they, uh, very, very, very... So they specialize in penalties, this Dallas Cowboys team, especially the defense. Um, yeah, all three phases of the game, <laughs> the Cowboys did like... For the lack of offense that they were able to put up, don't let those garbage time points fool you. Uh, for the lack of offense that they put up with uh, Dak and CD not being on the same page, they made up for it with the lack of defense. So it was, uh, yeah, all three phases of the game. Uh, special teams as well. Of course, Kevonte Turpin has to take it out of his end zone and run up so we could get a 13-yard gain instead of getting the 20-yard touchback. Uh, or Sam Williams gaining the way of the uh i think it was uh who's the green bay uh kick returner there he's one of the receivers jalen reed i think it was uh yeah who, that, took, who took a dive yeah it he doesn't flopped. matter yeah because 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 you were too close to him when you didn't have to be mm-hmm. and, and that never had to happen in the first place so i understand the guy took a dive and the, and the refs got it wrong yes but you're the dallas cowboys you can't put yourself in that position no but I'm not shocked. It's because it's Sam Williams and Sam Williams always seems to get into these dumb situations. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, once it was halftime, 27 to seven, I knew it was over. The The commentators kept trying to like hype it up and oh, look at this drive oh, that they're on. Yeah. And uh, it's like, oh, it's all of a sudden it's a two possession game and it's the fourth quarter with five minutes left. Right. Like, like, don't mock me. All right. Don't tease me. I know how this is going to go. At least the Cowboys spared me from having a, a final play, embarrassing play where they have Zeke under center or something like that. At least they got it out in the first quarter, the first possession, the first drive, you know, Aaron Jones gashed the Cowboys. Jordan love was able to throw on, on his back foot looking like Rogers. Cause cause that's what the Packers need. Another quarterback that does, that's going to be the face of your franchise for the next several years. I cannot wait for Packers fans to puff out their chests and continue to underachieve for the next decade. Uh, it's just going to be, I'm, I'm this was this. If of all the years, this was the most confident I was at the Cowboys. And that's on me for being confident in this team because the path couldn't have been any more clear. They could have faced the San Francisco 49ers who were probably going to beat the Cowboys anyway. I mean, I don't want to deal it too much in absolutes when it comes to uh, theories, but it, it was, it was pretty clear to me that this 49ers team could probably beat the Cowboys, but they could at least get to that NFC championship game, get over the hump. And now we're at a, a state where imagine any other team discussing getting rid of their 12 and five 
in the regular season head coach. That's the state of the Dallas Cowboys right now. We're talking about Brandon Bill Belichick. I can't believe we're at this point. I shouldn't because of all the previous playoff failures that this team has gone through. And the team practically, like, again, I know that they've put up a bunch of points in the second half because that's a special team it garbage time. But it, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. It doesn't matter at all. Like, they, they practically quit in the second half. And that goes back to coaching. Like, all, like literally all three phases of the game, I couldn't believe it. I just and and of course it's against the youngest team of the league and the Packers and oh I I what I have not I'm unfortunately have not been able to live through the three Super Bowl wins of the 90s. The Cowboys teams I've I've been watching have been the ones that can't get past the divisional round. I started watching when Quincy Carter was the quarterback. This is the this is the life I have chosen of of being a Cowboys fan. All I want obviously Super Bowl you know, I every team wants to go to Super Bowl, but now at this point, I just want to get past the divisional round, and we can't even get out of the wild card round this year. With the talent this this team has, one of the best defenses in the league, Dak Prescott playing at an almost MVP level, CD Lamb having the best single season for a Cowboys receiver in the franchise history. It all should have come together, and the path couldn't have been any more clear. And of course, they underachieve. Oh, I, I, I'm, I shouldn't be surprised. And yet they continue to amaze me the way that they blow it. I can't no, believe it. You know what? It, and, and don't, don't have me talk down to you here <laughs> because I don't really mean to be, mm-hmm. but some of me is really happy because yes, you know what, Zach, and you want to do a whole podcast on the greatest, like three years of my life. <laughs> Four years. Yeah. When it came to sports, when I was 17 to 21 years old, like, or I guess 16 to 20, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Zach, in that time, the teams that I cheered for in sports were the Dallas Cowboys, number one, who won Super Bowls in 92, 93, and 95. Yep. The Toronto Blue Jays, who I lived and died with when I was a teenager, got to the ALCS in 91, won the World Series in 92, and won the World Series in 93. And mix in my favorite team in the the National Hockey League at the time, the New Jersey Devils, who, yes, they had a heartbreaking game seven double overtime loss to Stefan Mateau, 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 Mateau in the New York Rangers. And I had to watch the Rangers win the Stanley Cup in 94. And I thought that that was awful. And then the Devils won the Stanley Cup the next year in fourth straight. And in uh, from 92 to 95, I watched three Super Bowl wins, two World Series, and a Stanley Cup of all the teams I cheered for since then the devils have won a Stanley cup in 2000, which I was not working in the industry yet. Mm -hmm. And in 2003 where it was cool, except that they beat the Ottawa senators in game seven with two forty whatever to go and Jeff Friesen scoring. Yeah. And 
quite frankly, the Ottawa Senators would have won the Stanley Cup if they had scored the next goal. And I worked in the press box for Ottawa Sports Radio while my team was doing that. So it was a little bit different. And since then, nothing. Nothing but watching and hoping and living and dying through sports with nothing. <laughs> and you know what, Zach? I, yeah, I got to see three Super Bowls and it was awesome. Okay. It was almost 30 years ago. Yeah. And since then, nothing. And you talk about pain. Yeah. I hope you suffer some pain. <laughs> and the reason I hope you suffer pain is because you got to go through it too. Yeah. Just like me and older people like you. And I know your family and like, it's, it sucks. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's horrible. It just It's horrible. <laughs> and you know what? You can't actually enjoy winning to the satisfaction of what it's like to, to actually win before you go through it. And you know what? When people say you go, oh, Quincy Carter, they never had a chance to win. Now, nope. Dez caught the ball, and they, they had a chance to win that year. And that, that was awful. Yeah. And... I'm not sure that they had a chance to win, but Aaron Rodgers and whatever damn stupid tight end got his feet in he was on that. Jared Cook or whatever, but yeah. Yeah, what incredible pass and then the field goal. That it was awful. But every time you think, oh, they won last year and they killed Tampa and they're getting over and then they scored 12 points against San Francisco. And then they lose to San Francisco the year before when Dak doesn't know how to get down. And yeah. like, it's okay. This year, they're finally, they are better. They fired Kellen Moore. McCarthy's calling the plays. They're more confident. They go for it on fourth down all the time. They're cool. They're the best offense in the league. They're this, they're that. And now it's exactly the same. Yeah. And I know because I love, this is the, the iron. I'm sure you probably do too. There's been a lot of comparisons, and there should be, between the Dallas Cowboys and the Toronto Maple Leafs. And the reason I and a lot of other people love Leaf Fan is because every year with a different team and a new coach and a couple new defensemen and a couple new this and a couple new that, they're, they're a different Leaf team. And you'll get the Leaf fans. Like, do, you th do you even know that... Mitch Marner was like 11 years old when they lost in Boston. And like, yeah, I, I, I sure. You think Mitch Marner cares that they lost four one? <laughs> yeah, actually. Yes. Because since he got to the team, that's all they've done too. And I love watching the Leafs find new ways to screw it up. Like this, that team, it doesn't matter whether it's up three games to one against Montreal, who is just awful and lose three straight or lose to the Columbus blue jackets in the first round or like get close against Tampa, but lose and lose to Boston and lose to Boston again. Th that team finds every way they can to screw it up. And you know that most likely they're going to find a way to screw it up. And it's exactly the same thing that people feel about the Dallas Cowboys, except for cowboy fan. Yeah. Cowboy fan thinks it's different every year. I think it's different. I thought it was different. Me too. I'm guilty. Thought it was thought it was different. Same really, here. truly, and honestly believed this was different from other years. And what happened? 
the same thing. And that's how Leaf fan feels about their team. So Cowboy fan feels about their team. And every year it's the same. Yeah. And I, I get it. And guys, I'll call them out. Guys like Ian Mendez, who thinks that he's smarter than everybody else because he'll just put away his emotion and go, well, I, I'm scared they're going to lose because I've seen this movie before and I know they're going to lose. So I'm just not going to invest myself because I don't want my heart broken again. But by the way, Ian, your heart is broken again, even when you told people that you believed that they were going to lose because that's how they always do it. Your heart's still broken. Yeah. Like, so you might as well just invest. And I'm just using Ian because he's a friend of mine. And But that, like some people just turn it off, right? Yeah. They turn it off because they're like, in their mind, they're like, I'm just going to get my heart broken. So I'm going to push it all away. I'm going to watch from a distance. I'm not going to invest myself. But you're only fooling yourself because you're still invested. Yeah. So I don't care if you're watching from a distance. And you go, oh, well, I, I kind of knew that this was going to happen. You're still heartbroken. Just like the people who completely think it's different. Like me and like you. Who thought it was different. And then they realize it's not. Yeah. And that's on us uh, for thinking it was different. <laughs> no, but it, it is on us. But you know what? That's what being. And that's what I talk about that you it's OK for you because you're young and you need to suffer. <laughs> You need, you do as a sports fan, it's true. you need to suffer and, and bleed and hurt. And like, what do you think Cub fan went through until oh, God, yeah. they broke through And Red Sox fan went through and there are so many other examples, but like those people, they didn't even know what to do with themselves because it had been a hundred years or 70 years or however long it had been since the, whatever team went through, you're talking about generations. You're talking about people that have passed in your family that were cheered, that never saw championships. And when you finally get to see one, because you just lose every single year, it's that, that real appreciation. What I'm scared about is the coach that I never want to listen to in a press conference ever. And I think he's smug and I think he's arrogant and I think he thinks he's too good for a lot of other people, but I actually truly in my heart might believe he's the right guy because he'll walk in and not give a crap who Dak Prescott or CD lamb or any of those other guys are. And he'll get the power if he gets the job from Jerry. I'm talking about Bill Belichick mm -hmm. who I won't watch a press conference ever. I won't care what he has to say. I won't listen to the guy because he doesn't talk to you like a human being. I actually think he might be the right guy for the job. And he left thinking if the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas Cowboy, I'm going to walk in. I'm going to get all the money and I'm going to get a built team. I don't have to rebuild the Carolina Panthers or the whoever. Right. Like the Atlanta Falcons. I don't have to rebuild th those teams. I'm too old. I don't have time. I want a ready-made team that I can change and win now. And I actually think it might be the right situation, which scares me even more, Zach. <laughs> what do you think? What, what do you think about Mike McCarthy and and what the Cowboys should do, whether it's Belichick or somebody else? Well, before the game, I thought that the talk of of uh, McCarthy being in some sort of hot water, I thought was completely overblown. Uh, after this game, the the coaching performance that was brought in, I. 
I am more than open to McCarthy go going out and uh, going somewhere else. Uh, I I'm not as high on Belichick. If this was 10 years ago, 2013, I'd be much higher on Bill Belichick coming in and and shaping up the team. But it's not 10 years ago. I am concerned that while I think he still has the mind for defense in this league, I am still very concerned offensive mind uh, of, of Belichick and how he could coach the offense. Because if you do get rid of Mike McCarthy, he's probably not keeping Brian Schottenheimer. And I doubt Brian Schottenheimer... Uh, I know McCarthy was making the calls uh, play calling. So who would Belichick bring in? Would he bring in a Josh McDaniels to the situation and, and, and have Josh McDaniels be the offensive coordinator. Does that inspire any sort of confidence in you that uh, Josh McDaniels would be able to find the solution to, to find the consistency in the Dallas Cowboys offense. Like that's where I'm kind of at. But you know, it's the Cowboys. So they'll probably, they're going to try and find some name value. They're, it's really one of the reasons why they brought in Mike McCarthy in the first place is because he had a name. Uh, and so Belichick certainly would have a name. I remember uh, Jerry Jones said in the past that he thought about a conversation he had with Belichick back in 96 when he had just gotten out of the Browns job. And I he was just released from the Ravens, I think, as well. And uh, Belichick told him he could coach. And Jones has thought about that conversation since then and what an opportunity now it is to bring in Bill Belichick. But I'll tell you this, in terms of the head coaching uh, market, all the possible head coaches out there, this is the best time to make a move and try and get uh, some sort of kickstart here in the Dallas Cowboys because there's a lot of candidates here uh, that could probably get the job done if uh, Jones wants to move on, which I think he should. Well, that's it. Like You have to decide whether you think... Mike McCarthy deserves another chance. And if you, you don't, that's okay too. But you're also then going to have to, as you said, they, they've almost, I don't want to say they've red blacked themselves, but I'm just trying to put it in terms of the reason Paul LaPolice couldn't have been let go right away back a couple of years ago was because he was also the offensive coordinator and there was just too much in there, right? Like, and Mike McCarthy's now the play caller. And like, I, I just don't know. I don't know how you can keep him. He said four regular seasons and the playoff games have gotten other than the Tampa game, the playoff games, the two losses to San Francisco and the loss to green Bay, they've gotten worse. Yep. Like that first game against San Francisco. Yeah. Dak made a dumb play at the end and whatever. But they just made a couple mistakes. They weren't even that bad in that game. They nope. just made a couple mistakes, and then they panicked at the end. But in the second game where they scored 12 points, they were bad. Yep. I know San Francisco is really good, but they were bad, and they were worse in the Green Bay game. And that's where I go back. And- okay, yeah, you beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. were pretty really great. The, the playoff games have gotten worse. So I think if you look at that, that's the reason why I would say he's got to go. He's had four regular seasons. He's had good regular seasons. But you also installed a bit of a new offense and Dak learned some new t- terminology and Dak was better in the regular season. And so what are you going to do? You're going to change everything again? It's, it's, a, it's a tough call. 
but I don't know how you get past. Like they are the leaps where the regular season doesn't matter. If you bring McCarthy back, it doesn't matter whether they go 17 and 0 or make the playoffs at nine and eight. It doesn't matter Mm -hmm. if, if they lose in the playoffs again, people are like, you went through this whole thing. They're not going to care. I don't care whether leaf fan, well, gives a rat's ass about what I'm saying right now, but (laughs) they probably don't. But if leaf fan in the regular season wants to tell me it's different, I, I literally don't care from October 5th until like April 7th or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I don't care what they do. I don't care whether you tell me they won five in a row or they, they won some big games down the stretch. I don't care. What I care about is when the playoffs start, does your team look better and have they learned from lessons in the past? And do they look better? The answer? No. The answer is they beat a really kind of beat up and worn out Tampa team last year. And then they got beat by an inferior Florida Panther team who I know went to the finals, but they weren't very good. Mm-hmm. And the Dallas Cowboys, as you said, like you just went through a whole rant thinking they're still going to lose to San Francisco because they're not very good. Mm-hmm. They're, not, they're, as, not, as they're good not, they're not, they're not better than San Francisco. No. Right. Well, don't you want to cheer for a team that you actually believe can get past a certain point and can beat San Francisco oh, or God, can yeah. beat other good teams? Yeah. Oh like, God. Yeah. That would. Be, if your quarterback's in the MVP race, you should be able to be confident that that team could possibly get to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's a hard thing because if you get rid of McCarthy, you're getting rid of the entire offense and. I know players can learn, but they've just learned a whole new offense and they were really good in the regular season. It's a, it's a way tougher call than people think because you're basically starting from ground zero again. And when you want to know why, and I know Baker Mayfield and, you know, Tampa and um, by the way, I don't Dallas Cowboys lost. So Mm -hmm. I don't take any, like, I'm not, overly happy but hey eagles fans suck it <laughs> oh like you save my weekend like, yeah I, yeah and you know what that would have happened too if the eagles lost but the cowboys got embarrassed eagle fan would have gone and, and let's just say the games were reversed and the eagles lost before the cowboys the eagles fans would say yeah it sucked but the cowboys losing again was at least saved my weekend well you know what saved my football weekend nick freaking Sirianni and the look on your stupid face when you think that you're a good coach and you actually don't have control of your team that's going the wrong way and downhill and I get it it's got nothing to do with the Cowboys and it's the reason I'm not bringing this up until like 40 minutes into this podcast (laughs) but hey Eagles fan suck it (laughs) seriously yeah I'm like my team lost and it sucks and you just heard us care about that so this isn't like, a, oh, I don't care what my team did. I'm glad your team lost. No, I care very much about my team losing. And I, I don't care that much about your team. But boy, it makes me happy to watch what happened. Oh, like, it was great. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it, it, it was great. It mm-hmm. was soulless in a terrible time. It was that little bit of, okay, there's sunlight on the other side. Um, the worst, I, some of the worst tackling I've 
ever seen in the playoffs coming from that Eagles team, especially on defense. It was unbelievable. That Trey Palmer touchdown, like I, I could not have <laughs> thought the tackling could have been worse in a playoff game. I actually thought the talk of if, if they lose, like you talked about Mike McCarthy, I thought that the talk of as much as I don't like Sirianni, he's done so many good things. His team wasn't playing well at the end of the year and be like, Oh, if he loses, is his job on the line? I'm like, are you out of your mind? Like <laughs> I, I, I hate the guy, but I, his job is not on the line. Like he's a, and now I'm like, yeah, maybe, maybe his job is on the line. Cause if, if I were the Eagles, What's going to happen is if you watch that continue into next year and you lose the chance to have a shot at making the playoffs and then you fire them, you've wasted another year with your really good football team. Mm -hmm. So anyway, lots to get to uh, in the NFL. And by the way, I just want to go out on a limb and I'm going to tell you that I only, you know, talk to you and I do talk to Matt Robinson sometimes on Tolkien Audio. Um, In the last edition of Tolkien Audio, I just want to tell you, if you go back and listen to it, I I was so scared of Green Bay. All the things that happened in the game, I said were the reasons why I didn't want to play Green Bay. I was scared of the Green Bay Packers. It's the one matchup I didn't want. Um, All of the things on defense I was scared of came true. Basically, you could go back and listen to that show and go, hey, Lee knew exactly what he was talking about. Too bad I didn't want to know exactly what I was talking about. Mm -hmm. But all the things I said and what I was scared of, all of them came true. And at that point, I was like, okay, well, I pretty much said that this is going to happen. And I, I talked to you and I talk to him, but I also want to tell you because I told him that I told him that the Buffalo bills were going to win the Super Bowl. Ooh. And he's like, Oh, hot take. And blah, blah. I'm like, Nope, they've been through their adversity. They're better on the other side. I honestly, honestly believed and still believe that the Buffalo bills are going to win the Super Bowl. So just putting that out there. I don't care that they beat Pittsburgh. Uh, and I'm not saying after they beat Pittsburgh, I said it before. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is the team. Zach, let's yep. get to a little wrestling here on This Is Wrestling. I was just going to say, this um, is a wrestling podcast, and I think we're about 40 minutes in, and we are going to get to the wrestling here on the wrestling podcast. Yeah, that's okay. You know what? I just got to choose which Tuscan wine that I'm going to try tonight mm-hmm. um, in, in the rolling hills and think about some of the things going on now in the world of professional wrestling and Roman Reigns. Where do is that where you want to start? Where do you want to start, Zach? Because I know you got some things on your mind as well. Yeah, I, I definitely want to get to the Roman Reigns stuff. I also watched the Jinder Mahal Seth Rollins match last night, and I am very much looking forward to talking oh. about that. Uh, so we could go either or. It's it's really uh, you could to quote Rob Van Dam, you could pick a hand. Uh, it doesn't matter uh, which one you want to go with. No, I want to start with Roman Reigns. All uh, right, I, I, I think Jinder Mahal got a lot of talk last week and. Um, as much as I like Jinder Mahal, um, let's start with Roman Reigns. Sure. So Roman Reigns not going to Australia. What do we think about this, Zach? 
Oh, I, I, I know what I think about this. Well, I'm excited. Let's go. I, I've been, I mean, I've been saying it over the last year. I've been saying it over the last year here, Lee, that they missed the peak with Cody. And, and I said it at the end of my rant, if they, if they are waiting out because they still believe they could get the rock, they're out of their mind and they've got themselves in a bind here. And lo and behold, it sounds like, uh, Mr. Roman Reigns is not going to be appearing at the Elimination Chamber in Australia. So even if The Rock wanted to go to Australia, apparently uh, Roman Reigns may not be there. Who knows? We'll see. I I would like to point out, it does say right now, so I will give uh, an out to some people that they could hold on to and they could believe in because that seems to be the thing with a lot of WWE fans. They want to believe that there's going to be this Cody match at, at Mania against Roman Reigns. And I think they are going to save that potentially for SummerSlam. Heck, maybe they even do it for the Mania after this year. Who knows? Try and really build up that story because, you know, Cody needs that adversity. He needs more of it. Mm. He needs to be beaten. He needs to be beaten to the ground. I want, I want that man limping into WrestleMania from the amount of adversity this man has faced so that he could face off against Roman Reigns or, or whomever. Uh, I mean, I, I've been again, I've been saying it this past year. I've been saying it every month. I've been uh, it, it's sound like a broken record player here, but I it's they're going to do Roman Reigns versus The Rock. I know I saw that the possibility being thrown out of potentially adding Cody into that match. Lee, let me tell you something here. If we have to do another freaking three way in the WrestleMania main event, because of a plan that WWE wants to do, but those pesky fans demanding what they want, trying to get themselves involved. All right, we'll concede. We'll throw in Cody Rhodes. I will both be incredibly frustrated, but also laughing hysterically uh, because it, how is that any different from what Vince McMahon was doing in years previous? How is that any difference if that is what will happen? So I say just commit at this point, you get your rock Roman match. You have it for the title and you have Roman beat rock. So you can continue this lengthy title reign. Uh, and you know, Roman can continue to p- pick his dates. Maybe the next one, he'll go to Saudi Arabia. And then the next one after that could be SummerSlam, And maybe he could do the occasional B pay-per-view if he wants to, however he's feeling that day, you know, and uh, just continue to leave a, a wake of wrestlers in their path. So, yeah, I mean, I, I saw the report. I was I was thinking, well, I, it shouldn't be that surprising. I know a lot of people are really holding on, but I, I, I would like to strongly emphasize The Rock is probably going to be in his last match. I think we could both agree in this scenario. This is probably the last match we're going to see from The Rock. I highly, highly doubt he's going to do another match after the Roman match. Is he really going to do his last match for WWE against his cousin at Elimination Chamber, or do you have it at WrestleMania, your biggest event, the one that has all the casual fans coming in, since I know a lot of people love the casual fan argument. You have that match there. You're not going to have The Rock have his final match at Elimination Chamber. It's just not happening. It's going to be Rock and Roman at WrestleMania. It's going to be for the title. I know people want to get invested in the story with Cody and look, they got people invested. They they've got a baby face that people can invest in. And, and for years, 
I've been screaming that WWE needs to do such a better job at putting together baby faces. And lo and behold, they've got a baby face here. They got one. They had one at Sami Zayn as well. Uh, they had one in LA Knights in terms of fan reaction. But now it's like, but at the end of the day, it's always been about Roman Reigns. It always has been about Ro- ever going back to 2014. It's been about Roman and establishing him as the face of the company. Look at the booking pattern that happened with Cena. They called him Super Cena. He left a wake of, of challengers. You look at the Nexus. Uh, it could have been. It, it was almost CM Punk, but Punk was able to overcome. And then uh, uh, Triple H stopped that momentum in its tracks. It's always been about putting the focus on one guy. It's always been about Roman in this case. And it's that's going to continue. So in my mind, this is not that surprising. And who knows? Maybe they switch it up. Maybe they want to do a tag match at Elimination Chamber where you have, you know, you could do a Jey Uso and The Rock versus Jimmy Uso and Roman Reigns at Elimination Chamber and then do the singles match. But but in terms of the actual one-on-one match between Roman and The Rock, it's going to happen at Mania. So that's my thoughts on that. I would like to hear your thoughts on this, Mr. Versage. I don't understand... Of everything you just said, I kind of agree with. But are you sure this doesn't lead to Roman and Rock headlining night number one? And then do Cody and Roman uh, night two? Yes. You think so? Yeah, I think the... And I don't know how they get there, but I think doing something where, like, let let me get this straight. You think they're closing WrestleMania 40 in Philadelphia with Roman Reigns defeating The Rock? Yes. After they closed WrestleMania 39 with Roman beating Cody? Yes. Yes, I do. So the the next event after WrestleMania is in France, correct? Uh, Yes. I also read that Roman Reigns is not advertised for that event either. Mm -hmm. So Roman Reigns is going to wrestle coming up at the Royal Rumble. AJ Styles, Randy Orton, and LA Knight where he doesn't really have to do anything in a four-way match. Like, it's not like, you know, it'll be the typical every guy lies on the sidelines for five minutes while two other guys go at it and then three other guys go at it. And Roman doesn't have to be involved that way. And you think that that's the only match he's going to do until he goes in and beats the rock to close the show in Philadelphia Mm -hmm. and, and, and people after that show are going to be like, man, I want to see what they're going to do next. You know that the rock's not coming back. If Cody doesn't get a shot, then do they really even care that he gets a shot? So when do you think people like, what, what are people going to do after WrestleMania? What, where is, where's the storyline? 
Cody's just going to build it up in the summer with Roman not appearing at things, and then they're going to wrestle at SummerSlam, and that's your big idea? Or they're going to wait another year? You're starting to sound like me a little bit here, Lever Sage. You you mean to tell me that? No, I'm not. I'm telling. No, it sounds I, like I, you I, are. You sound that. like me a little bit. No, you know? no, no. Yeah, I'm yeah. telling you that they're not. Only only the high voice is sounding like you. <laughs> uh, what, what I am going to do is tell you, if they do that, they are just the stupidest wrestling company. <laughs> In the entire world, if they go off the air with Roman Reigns defeating The Rock on Sunday night at WrestleMania and in Philadelphia, when Philadelphia is a tough crowd anyway, and I know it's WrestleMania and a lot of casual fans go to WrestleMania, but Cody is Rocky. He's the American... Hero climbing the steps one step at a time, training in Siberia to beat Drago. Like, this guy is Rocky. I don't, I guess I just, if that happens, I want to tell you that I won't be watching, but if Punk and and Rhodes and all of those Kevin Owens and guys are still there. I'm still going to care about them because I'll, I'll, it's like the Cowboys. I still care about them. I'm really angry at them, but I'll still care about them. But if they go off the air at WrestleMania 40 with The Rock losing to Roman Reigns because The Rock was really going to win the WWE title in the main event at WrestleMania, no chance. So if they go off the air with Roman Reigns standing tall, I just don't even know as a fan what you think you can hang on to. And I'm trying because I won't be able to hang on and I won't be able, I will watch individuals, but I won't have any faith in the company. I don't care. And I'll, I'll tell you that now and maybe I'll come back. But even like, I want to hear from the WWE fan that thinks if they go off the air with Roman standing tall over the rock and where they're going to go the next night, and all of a sudden Cody Rhodes comes out because he beat who? I don't know. Seth Rollins again, or CM Punk, or because he beat them at WrestleMania, and he's like, I didn't get my shot, blah, 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 and now I want my shot, and you're, t- you're going to tell me that you're going to be excited about that? Oh, Zach, I, I just... I, I Tell me it's not true. Tell me, tell me, tell me they're not going to do this. Like, I just can't. I can understand the right call by building Cody up more and having another year and doing that. Cody puts out every three weeks, all the schedule and where he's going to be and like what's going to happen. And building up and signing the autographs and the belts and coming out and literally being over where I thought the crowd would start to turn on them and they're not turning on. I kind of thought they'd go John Cena on him at this point. If you had have asked me last year, I would have thought they would have gone John, John Cena and done the half cheers, half boobs. Mm -hmm. They haven't done that. You're fooling yourself. If you think they won't do that after this, if he's not there. So, I guess what I'm telling you, 
is Cody's going off the air as the champion at WrestleMania. I don't care how they involve the rock. I'm not changing my opinion. I'm sure he'll be involved. I'm sure he'll be a big part of it, but he's not, he's not wrestling one-on-one against Roman Reigns in the main event. Couldn't do a promo when he was blown up, as you said last week. Oh, and you're still putting, you're still putting him in the main event at WrestleMania. You, you have to put the rock in the main event. In terms of that level of star yeah. power, you have to. What do you mean? Is Steve Austin not a big star? He was in the main event when he wrestled Kevin Owens. It wasn't an advertised night, match, but on, they put him in the main event. Yes, on night one. Yes. That's still a main but event. No, night, no, it, no, it's not. Zach. <laughs> main event not. of night one. You, thank you. And you have to say of night one every time. Because it's like watching, it's like watching a play, and you get to the intermission. Don't tell me what happens at the last thing before intermission. It's not the most important part. It's not. There's only one main event, and the main event is the last match of WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Period. I don't care what happens before that. And if you want to tell me that Owens and Zayn main evented night one of WrestleMania, that's fine. But make sure you say night one. The first half. You're telling me that, oh, Doc, I can't believe it. Like, I just, I, I, I honestly, I can't believe it. So let me just, let me just throw this I, out there. I'm just going to throw this out there. Roman Reigns, as of today, is at 1,234 days in terms of his current title reign. The people ahead of him. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. The people ahead of him. Bruno San Martino's second reign, where he had the belt for 1,237 days. So he's going to beat that reign. The people, the next person up is Bob Backlund with 1,470. The next one after that is Hulk Hogan at 1,474. And then, of course, there's the original Bruno Reign, which he's never going to reach, which is 2,803 days. You don't think that entices WWE to put a title reign that's going to be longer than Hulk Hogan's onto Roman Reigns? You don't think that entices WWE? They're looking at that. It's like, why stop it here? We're already committed. I'm just saying. Do I think it entices them? Yes. Yeah. Do I think they should do it? No, they shouldn't. But they, they, if in terms of trying to build their guy and they want a face of the company, like why would they want to stop it here? Just because Cody is getting hot and they could have a nice moment at WrestleMania. Yes. Like, trust me, I, I do. I want to make it clear. I want it to be Cody and Roman at mania. I want Cody to win the belt. I wanted it last year and I want it this year, but I'm also looking at it from the company perspective and and they are so close to eclipsing that Hulk Hogan mark. You don't think they want to have that title that says this man had a longer title reign than Hulk Hogan. When you as a casual fan hear Hulk Hogan, you think, you know, the longest reigning world champion and in, in other than Bruno and WWF history like that, that that's going to mean something to that WWE audience in terms of presenting a face of the company. It doesn't matter to me, but it's going to matter to your casual audience, if you want to call it that. So, see, 
I don't think the casual audience cares about how long Roman's had it compared to Hogan. I think it's just, it's always Hogan. It's not changing. It's it like, it's never changing for casual fans. It's Hogan. Now, does the WWE like to rewrite history? Yes. Absolutely. So your point, your point on this one is yes. Scares me to death, but yes, I could see them being very enticed to be able to do so. But if they do it, they're just really doing something to rewrite your own history as opposed to doing something that is right for business. You're going to screw up your business for the next couple of years if you don't do this. I just don't. And maybe that maybe I'm wrong on that, but. I just wouldn't put past WWE to do it. And I just I've been conditioned to this. And look, I will say this as well. If they do put the belt on Cody, if 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 it is at Mania, Cody made events night two, he beats Roman Reigns and he finally, you know, finishes the story that he sought out and you have this babyface ending, then I will have I will do a 180 on on how Triple H books and how he looks at things in terms of uh, getting to a payoff. But a lot of the times right now, the way that the booking has gone, I think right now the way that Paul Levesque, Triple H likes to book is that he loves to really, really delay in the hopes that when that eventually comes to that big moment, there's going to be that big pop, but he's going to try and delay it as much as he can and try and maximize it. But I think he doesn't have a sense of when the actual right time is. And so... I look at all of that and then I look at the title record holder, uh, the, the, the record holder for longest title reign. And and you also look at the fact that this is a newly owned company, a uh, newly merged company, I should say. That's something that they kind of want to set themselves apart from. So I just see all of that. And, and I when you have the rock, you got to use him and you have to have a main event. Either night one, night two. I agree with you, by the way, in terms of the night two main event is the real main event. Um, but you have to have the rock there in a main event spot if you do have him because of the star power he brings and the eyeballs that he brings. Do I want to see the rock at this stage of his career at this stage uh, be in the main event? No, I do not. I, and you, you pointed out and I pointed it out as well in terms of that promo. It seemed like he was gassed in there just from cutting a promo. I can only imagine with the way that the Roman Reigns matches go, where it's at least 20 minutes, we'll probably go into 30 minutes that that's not going to do well for the rock when it comes to cardio. So, but at the end of the day, it's about trying to get eyeballs onto this product. So uh, that's kind of my stance on it all. I, I, I think they're staying the course with a Roman rock. Can't you get eyeballs on by putting rock in on the Saturday night? making it seem like it's the big deal and doing something so that the rock is still involved or the rock is going to go and, and, and referee the match or pretend that he's going to side with his cousin and respect his cousin and join like the rest of the family only to turn on the family the next night and back Cody or like, I don't know, like all of these things are going through my mind, but like, having Roman go over on the rock does it don't you need the rock to have some celebratory moment 
at, like to get, even if you're talking about your eyeballs thing, like you want the casual fan, you want the ESPNs, you want, he's got his, his leagues merging with the XFL and the USFL and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And I'm already seeing the commercials for it. Um, you, to me, you got to have the rock go off in a celebratory moment. And for me, it's either the celebratory moment is the fact that that Cody's going to beat in a triple threat. Cody's going to beat Roman and the rock helps him in that triple threat. Maybe that's the way they go. And Roman turns or rock turns on his family and Roman and sets up maybe something in the future for rock and Roman. But right now rock's going to help Cody win the title or rocks faces Roman in night one and loses and somehow comes to the defense of Cody who gets a shot on night two. I, I think there's a lot of ways that you could do this, but I think you need that celebratory moment for the rock and not just having the rock lose and be there. Um, and if you really wanted to cheap out, I know we've kind of gone through this before. If you really wanted to cheap out, it would be awful. But what if you had Cody pin the rock and win the title in a, in a triple threat and Roman actually never lose? Man. Man. <laughs> like, uh, but the, the, the more likely scenario for me is, is two things. And to kind of finish this conversation off, sure. um, is Roman and rock n- night number one something happening where Roman is going to have to face Cody on night number two and the rock somehow gets involved or unfortunately a triple threat in the main event that has Cody, the rock, you put the shine on Cody by having the rock in that main event and you have the rock help Cody beat Roman reigns. And it not only puts the title on Cody, the working man, but it gives him the rub of the rock kind of putting him over and, and helping him along the way to put him even more into that, that kind of casual fan stratosphere. Maybe you haven't heard of Cody Rhodes before. If you're not a wrestling fan and you will, because the rock is standing beside him. I, I just think you need some celebratory moment. So I think, I think one of those two things is happening, but I'm going to maintain that Cody Rhodes will be lifting that belt at the end of Sunday night. The only, the only thing <sighs> I will uh, take umbrage with on that. And then we will move on is uh, what does that, where does that leave Rollins and punk? Uh, if they are going to do that match uh, and who, would, would the winner of the Royal rumble. So like, would it be Cody wins the rumble and then you do night two Cody and, and Roman and night one is rock and, and Roman. So that way you could get that rumble, uh, uh, gimmick out of the way where the winner main events, WrestleMania. Sorry. You, you said Cody's going to win. I said, I said in your scenario, could you, in yeah, the, Cody, because, Cody wins the rumble. Cody wins the rumble. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I just want to, I just, because that's the only things that I was, uh, wanted to clear up. And, and so do you just leave punk on, punk especially but also seth uh, by the wayside when it comes to that where they don't get their main event on either night 
mainly night one? Uh, yeah, the, to be honest, the more I started talking about it, the more I'm talking myself into some triple threat in the main event of rock Cody and, and Roman mm-hmm. and giving Seth and CM Punk their, their main event night one last spot kind of thing. Um, yeah, I'm starting to get talked into that myself, but um, the only other person that, that really does intrigue me in all of this is Gunter. Yes. And I know Gunter came back and announced himself into the Rumble. He's the only other person that I just don't... And Drew McIntyre is kind of a... And I, I mean this in a real positive way. He's kind of a hanger-oner where I think he's actually elevated himself more in the last little bit than he previously has. I don't know if he matters enough to sort of really poke into that main event scene of night number one. But Gunther coming back is the one thing, and I think they have big plans for him. And so, yeah, I I don't even know if I'd be surprised if Gunther doesn't um, win the Rumble and, and, and choose Seth. Mm-hmm. And... And maybe Punk gets McIntyre or Punk gets somebody else. Like, I don't know that they're going to just put Punk in the main event on night one because they have him and they that's all he ever wanted. Like, I, they might make him pay his dues mm-hmm. and buy him. And the other thing is, is we get we get caught up in this a ton of being in the main event and blah, 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 blah. In the, like, easily... A couple of years ago in the pandemic, the best match of a terrible WrestleMania was AJ Styles and The Undertaker. Yep. In a cinema in a cinematic match that I don't even know where it was on the card. It was night one and it wasn't the last match on night one. It was just somewhere in there. And I think I look back now at other other big matches and stuff and say, you want to go out and and steal the show or you want to go out and be like the undertaker and Shawn Michaels was not correct me if I'm wrong was not the main event either time. It was they the main event of, uh, it was the main event of 26, but not 25. It was the main event of 26. Okay. Yeah. But not of 25. So yeah. there's just been lots and lots of examples of, big big matches just not being the last match mm-hmm. um you could do you could make the argument so, of hogan and rock at uh wrestlemania 18 where that was really the true main well, event and then you had jericho and triple h as the actual main event yeah i even go back to how the hell hogan and sid vicious main evented when savage and flair were wrestling for the world title in the middle of the card yep at wrestlemania when Savage beat Flair for the title, like Randy Savage against the returning Ric Flair for the, the world title was in the middle of it because Hogan and Sid Justice were in the, the main event. Like what? And that's when Flair won the Rumble too. Yep. And won the greatest Rumble ever. So Flair wins the Rumble and for his troubles, he wins the World Heavyweight Championship in the Rumble. 
and then mid cards WrestleMania against Randy Savage because Sid Justice pulling out Hulk Hogan out of the Royal Rumble somehow got it into a main event slot. Like, I, I guess I, I just don't, you know? So, look, whatever happens, happens. Uh, I'm still on Cody being that guy. Um, I know you want to talk about Jinder Mahal quickly. Oh, yeah. I watched the match between uh, Jinder and Seth Rollins last night as we're recording. Uh, I watched the whole thing. And uh, wouldn't you know it, Lee, it was all, all a bunch of smoke and mirrors to uh, protect Jinder Mahal. Uh, literally, as soon as he made his entrance and I saw Indu Sheer come out, I knew there would be some sort of interference throughout the entirety of the match. I did not realize just how much interference there would be in this match where uh, I, I you're going to be shocked to hear this, Lee. I don't think Jinder Mahal is a very good professional wrestler. Uh, he's I, I know. Uh, shocking really you know they had one near fall at the end which i was expecting for this uh to try and get people to bite that maybe just maybe jinder mahal could do pull the upset over seth rollins which i would have been absolutely clamoring for like again call the bluff of the people that love jinder mahal and put the belt on him and let's see what happens let's see if people truly love their jinder mahal after you put the belt on him, but I digress. Uh, smoke and mirrors. Uh, Jinder Mahal put Seth Rollins in the abdominal stretch twice during this match for uh, heat spots. Uh, he's not very good. Uh, they had Drew McIntyre come out. They had they had, they had Damian Priest come out, and then Damian Priest and Drew McIntyre got into a scuffle, and that also led to Indu Sheer getting involved. And then there was the pinfall where then Indushir puts the leg on the ropes of Seth Rollins. And, you know, there was the Coloss. And uh, there, there are people on here that are going to try and convince you that Jinder Mahal is actually not that bad. He's 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 actually he, he could be worse. Lee, don't listen to them. All right. I watched the match. You want to talk about smoke and mirrors. They they smoke and mirrors the crap out of this match. It was like a Dominic Mysterio match times 10. The amount oh. of stuff that they tried to like block and Seth did his best. Like I'm not as high up on Seth being this great in-ring worker that people make him out to be like, I think he's a good wrestler. In fact, probably a very good wrestler. I don't think he is a great professional wrestler. Like some make him out to be. And I thought he did a commendable job in terms of trying to take gender to that next level but gender is not this guy so apologies to all the gender maholics that are listening into this show that want me to uh, praise gender mahal because you're not gonna get that here uh, i remember 2017 i remember all the matches i remember the punjabi prison match when great Kali came out and uh i remember uh, great in-ring worker randy orton not being able to get something out of gender mahal and I remember the SummerSlam match against Shinsuke Nakabura. I remember it all. Not because they were good, because I remember them. I remember them because I wanted to turn off my television. So mm -hmm. uh, hopefully the Jinder Mahal experiment is over. We all had our laughs. Uh, I hope uh, that we got off all of our tweets on social media and uh, we can move on and, uh, and we can uh, just forget about it. But unfortunately, it looks like Seth might be injured, Lee, as I'm reading through uh, Twitter. It sounds like mm -hmm. uh, he might have tweaked his left knee. We're going to find out. He's going to find out uh, either Wednesday or Thursday after he gets an MRI. So 
If all of this, this leads to Seth getting hurt, and I hope to God he doesn't get hurt, because uh, they could use him on that WrestleMania card. Uh, that'd be a big loss. Um, so hopefully it's just a minor injury, but we'll see. Um, but if all this is just to kind of get some pops on Twitter, and just so that you could get Jinder Mahal a, a title match, uh, I would like to ask Paul Levesque what this was all for. Uh, so, but uh, we got through at the end. That's how we. Okay. That was the match last night. We had two. We had a lot of rest spots. We had a lot of uh, interference. We had two people run out. Classic overbooked smoke and mirrors WWE match. But we got through it. Yeah, but we got through it. We almost won. God, part of me really wanted him to win. I'm not going to lie. Just yeah, to, just to see the I reaction. Know. I know. Just want that reaction. All right. Look, I think there's uh, some room in here to talk about the uh, New Japan show that happened. I know Jack Perry made an appearance. Mm -hmm. um, there's some, you know, Will Ospreay and Okada wrestled. Um so there's some things to talk about, but I think we should get to it in another edition. I think sure. this has been a lot of WWE and a lot of Cowboys and a lot of uh, freaking out about different things that have gone on in life. But Zach, it's always good to talk to you, my friend. Always good. And let's make sure we do it again soon. For sure. I can tell you that I almost assuredly the next time I talk to you will not be in Italy. Ooh. Uh, don't Don't know where I'll be. Okay. I'll be somewhere else in Europe, um, but won't be in Italy. So it'll be a surprise. Oh, I'm looking forward to that for for everyone else. Um, but continuing to uh, work, continue to work different territories, Mister Versage. You, well, you, you got it. That's it. Like I've I've worked. <laughs> yeah. Trust me when I tell you, I've worked from from Rome to yeah. Latina to the Amalfi Coast to Paola. To Catania, Latiani in Sicily, back up to uh, Scalia, mm. then to Sabaudia, then to Tuscany, and then back to Rome. I've worked Italy. Okay. Yes, sir. I've worked territories and I've worked Italy. So I'm going to have to, they're getting tired of me. I'm tired of my act. I'm, I'm going out on top here in Italy, but going to have to find somewhere else to work here. So, um, yeah, it'll be uh, one of those catch 22s of like, yeah, I won't be here. Where will I be? Don't know. And you'll have to wait to find out. Love it. Can't wait. That's a, that's a tease for you. Hell yeah. Okay. Zach, you have a good uh, rest of your week and uh, we will be in touch soon for Zach McGivin and Lever Sage. Thanks again for listening to this is wrestling.